WLIWFM presents In Conversation, our special program that brings you dynamic voices from across our region and beyond. In this episode, WLIW All Arts Artistic Director James King speaks with Agnes Gund, philanthropist, founder of Studio in a School and the Art for Justice Fund, and President Emerita of the Museum of Modern Art. I'm James King, Artistic Director of All Arts, which is a member of the WNET group. And it is my pleasure to be in conversation today with Agnes Gunn. Aggie is a philanthropist and arts patron, collector of modern and contemporary art, and an arts education and social justice advocate. She's President Emerita and Life Trustee of the Museum of Modern Art and Chairman of its International Council. So welcome, Aggie, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, you're welcome. It's wonderful to be here. We are both from Ohio. I was born in Akron, and you were born in Cleveland. My first husband was from Akron, too. Yes. So you seem to have had a full and uniquely varied journey through life from Ohio to New York as a wife mother, art collector, champion of social justice, and major art philanthropist. So I'm wondering, what was the pivotal moment that redirected you onto the path of art enthusiast and collector? Well, um, my father had an interesting collection, which wasn't very appealing to me, but at the time, his was quite good. Um, And it was Western art. So I grew up around a lot of art. So when he died in 66, I began to collect really very fast out of the barn. I I was young then and things were not so expensive. Although when I bought one of the pieces that I bought early on uh, by Jasper Johns, it was one of the maps that he'd done. Then, before I knew it, I collected quite a bit from Leo Castelli because um, his daughter was a friend of mine and we worked together on this gallery. Then I moved to Greenwich in 72, I think I moved to Greenwich and was there four years altogether. And during that time, we had some contact with the Hirshhorn. And the Hirshhorn had, as you know, a great collection. And the wonderful thing about it was he allowed um, people to sell things and buy things. And so we had a great group of people that were working with us. Um, And one of them was Bobby Rosenblum, who used to say, don't sell that. You should keep that piece so you can sell the others. If you sell that, you you know, might not be able to ever get it back. So <laughs> he, he was a wise person that looked ahead and knew more about what was happening than, than me. When we started studio in the school was about the same time because it was, it's 42 years ago that we started it. The article that I read in the Times was um, a front page article about what was happening to the arts. And 
that was was that they were all going to discontinue, but mostly it, that's how I got into studio in the school. The studio in the school program then serves a large section of age groups, right? From well, it it just serves really two years old to about five years old or six years old. It's, it's very different than the main program, which we've had to do at home, you know, through virtual means. Right, right. The people, the young people who are working from home, they're in middle school and high school? Yeah, we have some institute people that are working as old as teenagers. They're working with the Institute. The Institute is in other cities. Uh, and so are the students working with professionals? Yeah, they they are professionals. Some of them having gone to studio in the school, which was, you know, having been artists teaching in studio in the school. That's fantastic. So, That's yeah, amazing. it is. It, I wish we could do more with it. I mean, I'm sure as soon as we're really through this COVID, we can do more in that program because I think we've found that places we have it, they're very, very enthusiastic about it. Well, I think that this is a time when we're all looking for support. And I wanted to ask you, was there a particular moment in when you recall that you saw the intersection of art and social justice? It was really five years ago when I became interested and I went to the one person, that go-to person, which I was lucky to have as somebody that I knew, that Darren Walker at the Ford Foundation. I'm sure you know him. Yeah, yeah. Incarcerated people have to have somebody to, or something to come home to when they come home. Can you share with us why you believe that it's possible to change the, the social narrative through art? Well, I mean, that's what a lot of people wonder, but... Yeah, you do know the field, and you know how big it is, and it's only gotten bigger. There's more attention brought to it now, and the attention is coming from a lot of people that have gotten out of prison. It seems like you've spent a lifetime fighting for racial justice. So what changed for you? What triggered you to fund and found the Art for Justice Fund. Was there a particular incident that that spurred you on? I went with a friend of mine from San Francisco and his partner and Cindy Sherman to 13th. We, ah, we went to see that. and The Ava DuVernay film, yes. Yeah, that, and she's done so many marvelous films, but I... I did get my impetus from seeing that film. And of course, uh, Brian Stevenson, I've seen him talk a lot of times. I mean, he he is one of my heroes as well as so many other people's heroes. Um, but he really does bring up the subject of what you can do, even if you don't have a whole network of people. He just says, 
get proximate with the people that you wish to serve and who you want to influence. Or, right. Um, he has given so many talks and my son's school was where I, I first heard it, which was a lot after we've met him, but he his book, Just Mercy, is a wonderful book and everybody should read that. They'll get a lot from reading that book. So would you say that the mission of the Art for Justice Fund, uh, the strategy was was developed as a result of your encounters with the film and with the speaker? Different books that were written. I, I love what I've read, and I very seldom read a book that is not by somebody involved with justice. I was a friend of his long ago, Dawood Bay, who I think is a wonderful artist and who does a lot of very subtle work and does things like having um, a person that is the same age as one of the children that were, was killed, kids that the teenagers, um, yeah. Yeah, were killed in the church that they were at. I, I think I was aware of those things having happened, but I didn't know. I hadn't been to San Quentin or to any of these other places that I later went where I got to know much more about what incarceration meant I see. and what, how, how the people really did suffer because they had been rehabilitated or they'd been through the prison system and they still weren't free. A lot of them, um, the other day, three of them got out of prison. One of them was uh, the father of somebody that my daughter knows very well. And they were, if you saw the look on their faces, you wouldn't believe that They've been through what they did, but they are fully able to take a job. They have to, that's what one of the things we've tried to work on is how they integrate themselves into society. And if they're well able to, and many of them that are artists are doing it particularly well. So Um, the art becomes a a vehicle for their reentry in yes, society and provides them with the ability to to sustain themselves and become a active member of society again. Yes? Yeah. And and it, that does happen and more often than not the way some of these people go, then they give their um ability, they give their help to other people coming out, and it really is a nice thing that is established by a lot of us. So there's a large network of artists who are out there using their art to address the problem, and they're paying it forward to the next generation. They're doing a lot of that, which is very important, as you know, from just being in this field for a lot of time, um, yeah. most mostly people don't know that it really makes a difference how many come out. I'm James King, Artistic Director of All Arts, which is a member of the WNET group. And it is my pleasure to be in conversation today with Agnes Gunn. Aggie is a philanthropist and arts patron 
collector of modern and contemporary art, and an arts education and social justice advocate. She's president emerita and life trustee of the Museum of Modern Art and chairman of its International Council. What sounds great to me is that you maintained connection with people and you pulled together this network through your seed of an idea that is really making a difference in a lot of people's lives and they then in turn are paying it forward and making a huge change in the way society perceives incarceration and what can be the result of that, the benefits that come from supporting people when they've had challenges. And I just want to applaud you for that. I think it's fantastic. Well, it's not me as much as it is because of the Ford Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation that these things have been, as you say, uh, grown and been very applicable to people that uh, we didn't even know. Most of them weren't born when I was around <laughs> and, and they have young children and the children, I think, are being influenced by Thank goodness, not by uh, the years that their um, parents were in prison, but by the fact that they now have lives that are really not about prison, but are about living a useful life and doing something for others. Which yes, really yes makes that positive great. impact. And, I, and I've seen it repeatedly, how the arts really lift people up. They provide yeah. a salve for the soul. They they really heal people in ways that are often unspoken, but evident through the way people live their lives. Well, my grandson said exactly that in so many words. He said, if we had had studio in the school, in every school in New York, we wouldn't have needed to incarcerate people. And he's right about that, I think, and it puts it in a very, very poignant way that there are so many people that are in there that hopefully wouldn't have wouldn't been have been otherwise. Yes. Yes. That so, it does lift people, and it does make a difference to people that are in there now and hoping to get out. That they just need to be surrounding them and have people in it and we've tried very hard to get juveniles to not be able to be incarcerated and be, go to different places than prison. Well, um, I think that I think that your efforts with art to redirect the energy of the young people is really making a difference. I feel the young people who have the advantages of exposure to art really find hope when they often feel desperate and hopeless. So, well, you're in the right, you're absolutely in the right business because in your new director position of all arts, you'll be able to affect it probably more than anyone. And I, I think that just to take this interest and what we're trying to do is good. But there are all kinds of people that have, you know, answered the, the call we've made to 
having it's the California artist who's in one he has one piece at the new museum, the Arch of Grievance, which Yes, is, that's an exhibition that's going on now, I believe. Yes, right? it's it's now and he is in this and Grieve and Grievance is the name of it. And um, I'm trying to think of Mark Bradford is the name of the artist that I wanted to point out. Julie Meritu's in that, and they're both people that are are great at the arts, and they haven't been incarcerated. So it it does affect um, people all over that see these shows and know these people that. They're they're very very interested in this and what's happening with that. So I just I just wanted to take a moment to repeat that the show is called Grief and Grievance, and it's at the New Museum. And I want to encourage people to go and and experience this because I think just just showing up and having the experience will change people's ideas and thank you for mentioning that grief and grievance at the new museum yeah it's a wonderful show all five floors starting with adam pendleton on the bottom floor and then going up to the top floor which has julie and mark redford and uh, rashi johnson with his plants and it, it takes art to a different level than that one does. That show does. It's very, very good. Excellent. So, Excellent. So I would like to change directions a little bit here. And I wanted to talk about this this horrible pandemic that we've all been living through. And um, I was wondering, what do you see as the importance of philanthropy during this time for artists and arts organizations in particular? Because the pandemic has presented problems that most of us never, ever anticipated. And I'm wondering how you see the role of philanthropy in helping out at this moment. Well, I, I think philanthropy it should be centered on the arts, and that is what my philanthropy is mostly centered on. But besides that, the arts can turn things around for anybody. Look at studio in the school. I mean, this is a group of people that really have turned things around for children that don't have much access to the arts or before they had studio in the school. Many of them are, they don't become artists, but they become teachers or curators or they're somehow involved in art and they paint schools. They do work on different murals that they put on the walls. There's some in Pennsylvania now that are wonderful. So they're regenerating and rebuilding communities as a result of their exposure through the art. Yeah, then in that way, you know, whatever we can all do to support these, you know, if you have a choice, say you're going to give some monies to one place instead of the other, 
one of the things to give it to is an art form because art that is made will travel more distance. It will be more exposed than most voices are ever. And you just don't get as much as you do from supporting artists and artworks and people that are doing things in the arts. It's tremendously important. Um, yes, I would, I would say that the arts touch people's souls. Yes, I, I think you're right. And it, they touch it in a more expansive way than they do by just saying you're going to support this or that. If you do, you, you run into all kinds of things that you're able to do through the arts and through their effect on people. You know, they clean up places and, and make it better, and that's always connected to art in a way because you're building something that, yes. Yes. that you haven't had before and, you know, adding to it. And it helps with climate change, too. I was on a long call with one of the climate change people and his association with a, a woman that works for him. And they were talking about how they're going to now direct their people that, that come out of prisons as well as people that are, have never been to prison, things that really matter to everybody. There are things that are universal. And that's really, I think, the point, that a lot of artists are able to speak to the masses in ways that they can easily relate to and and really get across complicated ideas in a simple but clear method. And I think using art for climate change, using it for social justice, these are all things that artists have figured out and known for a long time. And, and it's really brilliant that people like yourself have have supported this kind of effort over the years because it has made a difference for all of us. Thank you very much. That's uh, awfully important as you say, but there's so many people in this field now that everyone has a chance to get involved in some way. Um, mostly artists do, but the people that are artists that came out of um, incarceration are doing very, very well. So I have one last question. Actually, I have two questions, but I'll, I'll start with this one. What words of encouragement would you offer to an artist or an activist, a student, just an average citizen who feels unsettled and possibly discouraged by the current state of affairs? So I know what would appeal to me because I've been very discouraged by um, what's going on. And I'd say that the best way they could become active is to read. First of all, if they have time, if they're not too busy with their art, that they don't have a chance to read. There are many books that have come about, I'll just mentioned two, one of which is uh, The Warmth of Other Sons, which is a wonderful book. It's 
grisly in some parts, but mostly it's beautifully written. She's also written, yeah, she's also written another one that is just now on the bestseller list, and that's called Cass. And yes, Miss Wilkerson is her name. Yeah, yes, and she's I think really, really on top flight writer. And there's also another one called The Sum of Us, which is a, a book uh, written by a woman that McPhee is her name. She's written that book, and that is a glorious book. It's, it's a positive book, uh, although, you know, the one that's written by Charles Blow is also positive because he's uh, espousing a positive direction, which you can take. I really push people to read these books and absorb what they can. And there are many books more than, than I know at this point that they really should read and get into. I found that I've gotten a lot from reading books that I wouldn't have necessarily gotten to before. Well, thank you for for mentioning these three authors, Heather McGee, Isabel Wilkerson, and Charles Glow. I think anyone would do themselves a favor to go out and read these three books. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. One final question. What are you excited about and focused on now? There's so many things that need some monies that I'm excited by doing more in the field that I'm in and more of you know, art and the prominence of art in our lives. Climate change is one of the things that I believe in, but I'm not going to leave out any artistic direction that I might be able to go in because I think that all we are, as you know, being the director of all art is a thing that matters to me. So. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I want to say to you, I will be watching, I will be supporting. I'm so happy to hear you choose climate change as one of your passions. And I'm with you on art as one of the things that will have the biggest impact on us for the future. So thank you, Aggie, for doing this. Well, thank you and good luck with your new appointment. I think you will have a lot of uh, effect and influence where you sit. So I wish you luck with that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope to be able to talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from WLIW All Arts Artistic Director James King speaking with Agnes Gund, philanthropist, founder of Studio in a School, and the Art for Justice Fund, and President Emerita of the Museum of Modern Art in this episode of WLIWFM Presents In Conversation, our special program that brings you dynamic voices from across our region and beyond. Thanks for listening and for supporting WLIWFM heard over the air at 88.3 and streaming on your favorite apps and online at wliw.org slash radio.